do here is we're going to do this live because uh, people don't realize that your podcast is actually recorded live yeah. on TV and radio. Nico, come on in and grab a grab a, a microphone, and I'll get out here. I will talk to Nico for a second, Nico and I'm going to go. He's the head basketball coach. Nico, at, I'm a uh, I'm a I'm a brand new uh, I'm a brand new grandfather, and my uh, my uh, my babysitting stint started 10 minutes ago so i'm sticking i go. stuck around Grab to talk one. to you and brandon but uh it's a little oh. sorry about that i uh, dropped my, jim just my... unplugged his court we got nico <laughs> panusas in the building um he is bosco uh boys basketball head coach for the postgrad um nico it's a pleasure to have you on very What's happy up, to be here dog? guys thank you very much it's, for having me it's a pleasure me. what do you think of brandon brantley i mean Region legend. Yeah, that's, big, that's true, man. He is a region legend. Region legend. Uh, just growing up, uh, watching region basketball as a young child, you know, uh, from the harbor. So, you know, there's a lot of East Chicago and Drain battles. Um, and just like seeing these guys, like not only Brandon Brantley, but like Kenneth Lowe out of Gary Westside, um, just being able to talk to these guys, getting this information for them as being an aspiring college coach and feeding off that knowledge and seeing what great success they're having, it just inspires me and just gives me that motivation just to get to that level and, and keep grinding. I've only got a few minutes uh, with them, so let me hit them a couple times. You, sure. You went to Lake Central? Highland. Highland. You went to Highland, that's right. But you did come out of the harbor. So... Um, I'm just curious. You've seen Brandon Brantley play. You saw Kenneth Lowe. Uh, I don't know how far back you go. Best high school player you saw in the region. So, actually, my very first high school basketball game was at sectional. It was a Tuesday night in Chicago versus Gary Westside. Um, Patrick Danley, Kenny Lowe, um, Udi Baker, Carlton Baker, Ricky Wright, Chris Woods. Um, legendary coaches, too. Uh, Pop Miles and actually uh, – Coach Joe Fabian, who was actually my neighbor and one of my uh, great family friends, close with JD. Um, I mean, 7,000 packed, controversial call. Still remember it. Four tenths of a second. There was a foul call. Gary Westside nailed it at the free throw line. Uh, and it was funny because as I grew up and went to IUN and played under Pete Turgovich, uh, Kenny Lowe was playing overseas at the time in Finland, and he was always working at IUN. And I was like, hey, you're Kenny Lowe. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He, I go, man, I said, you broke my heart when I was eight years old. You know, you beat my East Chicago Cardinals at the free throw line. And you kind of had to give him some stuff for that. So He he also beat your East Chicago Cardinals with that quick first step off the dribble, man. That I mean, if I, I look back, like, who had the first quickest first step off a dribble that I've seen in the last 30 years? Kenny Lowe right there, man. Kenny, Zip. Kenny Lowe, I mean, uh, may he rest in peace. God rest his soul, Vince Hart. Um, a name that uh, resonates with the Gary community, besides my man over here, Duan Marrero. Who is Vince Hart? Because I know there's a lot of listeners who's wondering who the hell is Vince Hart. So Vince Hart, uh, Gary Westside, about 6'8". Uh, nice swing guard, was ahead of his time. I mean, if this guy, uh, God rest his soul, he was probably going to go to the NBA. I mean, very talented on a very talented Gary Westside team. Long, lengthy, uh, can shoot it, defend. Um, top-tier talent. Nico, uh, what are you doing now? So now I'm a school teacher uh, at Hammond Eggers, actually. Uh, so I want to give a shout-out to uh, all my administrators, uh, Miss Angela Johnson, Carlito Royal. Uh, those are my administrators, my coaches. I teach mathematics over there. 
Um, they blessed me with this opportunity to come and do this interview. So all my students are watching right now. They're listening in. They're tuning in. So I want to thank them, School City of Hammond, for all that. That's what I was I was going to say. I know you're a teacher. Right. And I'm like, all right. Is it school in right now? But right. they let you they let you zip over and they, do it. And wasn't that cool? You walked right in, Brandon Brantley ended it, and you came right up there. Nico, um, I've watched you coach a number of times. Coach with uh, a lot of passion, right? Coaches with a lot of passion. And competence. Yes. Yeah, passion and competence. And there is, an, and I remember seeing Maravillo and saying, sitting there talking. I'm like, all right, this guy is coaching to the level he wants to be at is my guess. In other words, I see a, a really competent coach, and I don't mean to blow too much smoke, but I see it in your ability to motivate and take in talent and mold it and attract it and kind of thing. But, you know, I know you got a job now and you're doing a great job. What is your ultimate, you know, the, the dream you would never tell people to, about. To reach the highest level possible. I mean, whether that's to make it in college, to make it to the pros, or even just help our program grow um, to a national level. We're kind of on that on that bridge over there at Bosco right now. In the past four years, I'd say, we'd had four invites to Springfield, Massachusetts, to the Hoops Hall Classic. Um, great honor. Uh, but the big thing is, you know, just helping these kids develop. Just helping them understand, too, like life is not going to always be comfortable. So wherever I'm at, wherever it happens to be, uh, I just want to make sure that I'm always sending that message and giving my all to these kids and the knowledge that I was, you know, graced with from guys like Pete Turkovich, um, Clint Swan, um, Eddie Farrick, who was a Bishop Knoll guy, coached me at Highland. Uh, even as a young kid, Bobby Miles, and just going in that gym and listening to all these great coaches come in. Bobby and Miles, that's Bobby a name Miles. I haven't legend. heard in a while. Yeah, yeah so, legend. Very much a legend, man. He was not a great interview, I know that. <laughs> he just is like, he didn't trust anybody. But, man, was he a coach. He was. Remember I mean, how he would slow down EC? I didn't think that was possible. He'd win games like forty to thirty-four and stuff like that. And and you kind of take those you kind of take those little notes. And as crazy as it sounds, I was young, and people are just like, you know, you were a young kid. Um, it's just we we're always observing basketball. Sports was in our lives all the time. Uh, and you're right. Just um, a, a, one of a, a Euro League coach. Uh, if you watch European basketball, he was from Italy. He actually told me this saying one time. He said sometimes. You know, when you go full speed so long, you got to be able to tug it back and execute. And that's where the majority of your games are won in the last five minutes, maybe last eight, maybe the last two minutes. You know, you beat down your opponents. And I think Bobby Miles is doing a great job at that. Um, Clint Swan's doing that to a lot of our teams here in Gary, just execute down in just, the stretch. <laughs> and he plays a little. If you had, I mean, not, and I know Clint. I they just played in Chicago him, last night. He just slows it. I mean, sometimes he's got some, some people that can – you know they're they're they they hesitate get the ball off of a rebound and all of a sudden they're not you know they're looking to come back and execute and I always like man just let them go Clint right. same thing with Hackett Hackett, Hackett they, sometimes they slow it down I'm like just let them run man I would you love got to some... see Munster in uh, Crown Point play and see this final score of that game it has to be a forty thirty game yeah <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. Bishop Noel have a historical game back in the day it was like what see. It... Ten to something back with no. Oh, and they would line. do Bobby Ispis would do the the do the stall. I mean, there's different paces to play. What do you say about uh, what uh, Rico here? I mean, what, you look at him and what he's been able to accomplish in the last few years. What uh, do you say? I'll tell you what. Um, 
I truly believe that, you know, the not even the basketball gods, but just reality puts you in position with the people who have the same goals as you, passion as you, or driven as you. Um, and I was very fortunate. Not a lot of people know about this, but I was at Bowman Academy for a year in 2016. And that's where I really, really established myself and learned a culture of passion just from guys like Dewan uh, and what they really did for a school that was fairly brand new, you know, not even 10 years old. Basically, your group started the program, a tradition Yeah, they were, they were there. pretty resilient. Um, when I walked in there, it felt like a college program. At a high school in Gary, Indiana, uh, something that, you know, the region in Gary was missing for a long time with all those schools shutting down, a lot of public schools. Um, but, I mean, just – It was the one of the premier schools at the time, you know. They was locked in. We had weights in the morning, practice right after school. They knew that basketball was a priority at that school, and if you didn't let basketball have the floor, you know, we just started. You know, we was the cream of the crop at that time. Marvin gave us the Letterman's jackets before anyone did. So, you know, God rest his soul because they don't make them like Marvin anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, Marvin Ray, we just heard in, and, and Brandon Brantley, of course, big part of the Purdue program, big part of Bowman. Right. And always, will always be missed. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but – uh, there ain't a time I drive down I-65 and get to that little stretch where, you know, he was killed that you don't start thinking about yeah, it. I just it's went, like I an just... eerie feeling. My wife's like, why are you quiet? I'm like, hey, man, this is right where it happened, and I Absolutely. know exactly it's a tough yeah. time. And not to mention, I think that we need to adopt a shot clock, right? We spoke about oh, a crown time. point in Munster, just big slowing time. the ball 20 to 30. You know, final score um, – Nico has the privilege of coaching Bosco, right? And and Bosco influences having a shot clock. And that's what we tell our players is that, hey, we're going to put you in a position to get ready for the collegiate level. Nico, what's your thoughts about the shot clock and Bosco playing games with a you shot You know, clock? before you answer that, Nico, I got to say uh, thank you for letting me come on your podcast again. Uh, I've, if you got to go? Yeah, it's uh, more, you know, I do the morning show and now I'm hanging around for the podcast, but I promised my daughter I would uh, babysit a three-month-old little girl for two hours, and my phone is blowing you up. taking the bike? Or you're riding the <laughs> no, bike. the bike. I'm oh. actually going to take the car. <laughs> but we got hey, one man. question before you go. Yeah. You know, I'm a golfer, too, so we're waiting for that WGOB class to come back. There's a lot of talent back in the day. <laughs> there was a lot of talent, back. and you know what? You're not the only one. We used to host a golf tournament, I didn't and know you that. don't realize hosting a golf tournament is oh, like man. a full-time job for like Four months, man. It's like a mini PGA tour. Yeah, it was, it was a mini event. But, hey, maybe Dewan will run it for us. Well, I'm telling you, he needs right. to come back. All right, man. Thank you so much for letting me come on. Appreciate you. Go ahead, Nico. Um, you yeah, know, talk, emphasize the shot clock. And, and Bosco, we give our players the luxury of competing game after game to prepare them for the collegiate level. The shot clock, to me, in my opinion, is very important just because for those – athletes who do want to take it to the next level you know the speed of the game increases at every level that you go it doesn't matter if it's uh you know varsity basketball to NAIA, d2 d3 wherever you're at the next level is always going to get higher and now that we see another level of high school basketball right you have your sierra canyons your lala's mirrors mount Verdes. um it just prepares you to understand the game faster think quicker right um it creates a – I see it at practice. Uh, it creates a bigger urgency because, you know, when you have those days where, like, we are really tired and we're looking sluggish and stuff, like, we, we, we reiterate, like, 
you know, when we're down the stretch and we need something in 15 seconds on the shot clock, five seconds on the shot clock, this is a time where we really need to be urgent, quick, sharp, and, and thinking at our best so that we can win games. Absolutely. Nico, you've been coaching several years at Bosco. Each year as a coach, I feel like you've been improving nonstop. Appreciate and I think it. all Thank coaches you. in general should have that rule of thumb is where they, after year after year, they kind of have a self-reflection on, okay, this is how I'm going to be a coach. This is how I'm going to connect with the players. What makes you stand out from the rest of the coaches in our community? And why does the kids really like you? Because they know you have a passion, but you all you find this way to connect with them. What's been your, you know, mojo to connect with the players and continue to, you know, get better as a coach? I think the big thing um, is having a great staff around you. Um, obviously, not just because you're on my staff and we're close. And um, we have a great staff. And the big thing as a head coach, you know, it's the title. You're the boss man, right? Right. Um, and I truly believe this, that when the kids see that, you know, even a head coach or a manager is allowing his, his staff to chime in and he's taking notes from his staff uh, because I, I just see it now in the NBA too and even at good college programs that I've visited like Purdue, uh, North Carolina, Florida, when I go on and visit those, um, you know, everybody's collaborating, everybody chimes in. Like there's just not one voice, right? Right. So I see when the kids see that, he, they, we, we show them that like as adults, if we trust each other and let each other chime in, like – why shouldn't we listen to him, right. right? Or why shouldn't we listen to everybody else? Because, you know, the the, the worst thing possible is um, to have one voice, in my opinion, because it gets old. You don't want to hear the same voice every single day, right? right. So when you have a good supporting cast and, and as a head coach, when you allow, you know, you, you, you trust everybody to chime in and help and develop, and I truly believe that everybody, not only of our staff, but everybody that worked with, we all have the same mission to develop. Right. So that's what really creates that success and that trust with our whole kids and program. Again, Nico, you're the head coach of the postgap program of Bosco Institute. What is the foundation of Bosco and what is Bosco for that parent or student athlete that's listening? Develop, 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 develop. Um, you know, when we win, we all look good. Right. Uh, when we lose, we can still look good if we are just developing and that we are showing improvements. Um, you know, coach from Drexel came in the other day and said it perfectly. Um, he likes to come in in the in the in the end of summer, heading into fall. Then he likes to come midwinter, and then he likes to come in in the spring just to see these kids progressing and if they're ready for the next level. You know, you watch a lot of European basketball. I had the privilege to play abroad for a few years, and I'm seeing a lot of players come here um, to the states and be successful. Why do you think that is? Not just at the collegiate level, but the highest level at the NBA. Um, basketball is really revolutionized all over the world. Um, you know, in, in, I am very fortunate enough to have those resources to go into the certain countries of Serbia, Croatia, Italy, Greece, Turkey, and go watch these practices, um, watch these coaches, young coaches too, who are developing, uh, these players and they're starting to speed things up. They're, they're, they're very sharp uh, skills-wise, IQ-wise, but now they're trying to develop them from a strength and conditioning point, from an agility point, so that they can start being uh, ready for the NBA if they're trying to get there, right? Because the NBA is very, you know, you've you got to be very athletic. you got to be right. very strong. you got to be very powerful. Um, getting to the rim, you know, guys against like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, um, why has, why has Luka had so much success in the NBA? Because if you look at Luka's frame, 
he doesn't stand out, right? He's not your most athletic guy. He's not your most physical guy, but he's finding a way to get the job done. Uh, f- following his career from a young kid, um, from 15 years old, because actually one of our players in 2016, Luka Krylovich, who came to Bosco, went to Boston College, a very close family friend with the Doncic's, and he was always telling me about this kid. Um, and what they did is they did a very great job of just developing him and not exposing him to that national team ranks, the highly professional ranks with men until he turned 18. Um, you know, also, too, he, he was fully developed, mature, body-wise, mentally. Um, you know, he has a gift, uh, but he you can't, you can't speed him up. Right. You know, you always see guys get rattled. Right. I don't really see him get rattled. Um, a lot of guys question if he's in shape. My thing is watching him play all these years, watching him as a young kid, he's so smart and, and has his own tempo of the game. And it's like, it's almost like, have you seen the movie Click? Yeah. You know how he pauses time? Right. And he's still moving, stuff like that. It's like Luca has that remote. He right. pauses time and it's it, when you're playing against him, it's his world. Right. You can't pat, you can't speed him up. You can't cheat on him. You you just can't make a mistake. You have to almost play perfect on him because not only is he good enough to score the ball, he's good enough to make a lot of good plays, put people in position, whether it's off a ball screen, whether it's him setting a screen. Uh, just really talented, smart player. For the for the kids that's listening, and and obviously people who are in the basketball community, who are some of the players you grew up watching? Being that you you know being that you went in that European culture and you've been watching. I think Europeans play much more fundamentally than we do out here because we kind of just look at the money, right? We're trying to play for the status quo. We're trying to play for the limelight where a lot of people in Europe, they kind of play with a slower pace, right? They have a lot more continuity and flow in their offense. So who are some of those players that you looked up to in Europe? There is a guy that was a dookie a very long time ago. Uh, His name is Trangdon Langdon. Uh, He was drafted in the NBA. He went to the Cavaliers, and then he had a really great career for Cheska Moscow. Um, not too many people know about him, really put their put his name out there, but um, he came out with a great article actually about a week ago talking about how people mistakenly say, like, if I don't make it an NBA, I'll just go to Europe. Um, and, I, and you can attest to this too. It's it's kind of like a, you know, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure when you do that because it's a mental game out there, right? right? It's like – Whatever you just learned for the past, you know, now you're an adult, 22 years, 24 years, even 30 years, you know, now you're changing and you're trying to adapt to their way, what, eight months? Right. And some of these guys only have, what, maybe a week to test to three games, one practice, and if you don't do well in those three games, I mean, you're, you're getting sent home. There's no question to ask. As a, as a coach, Nico, um, circling back to Bosco, what's some of those games that you think about on a daily that either you wish you could have did this better or even though we won, we should have executed this way or that loss still haunts you to this day. What are some of those games that you think about or if you do? You know, what's crazy is um, my first year head coaching, um, we play. We won our first game against a talented uh, link year prep, Chase Adams, who's a local Chicago kid, very talented player. We got the win, and then the next day we played Sunrise Christian and Malik Hall was there. Um, it was it was a very tough loss, um, but I'll never forget. Uh, Matt Painter was in the building, you know, recruiting Malik Hall at the time. Izzo was there as a bunch of guys, and Matt Painter came up next to me and he said, 
I've never seen a guy coach for 40 minutes getting beat down that bad. He's like, your team's going to respond tomorrow. And he was absolutely correct. Um, so negatively, yes, it hit me hard because, you know, you lost and you don't like losing. Right. You don't like losing bad. But what that message sent to me uh, as a young starting off as a head coach, and the next day we did win the game, and it just resonated with me that, like, whether you win or lose the next day, right. you got to move on. And I just think that's what makes these pros, NBA guys, so good. It's like the, the Warriors, right? They win the championship, and it's just like after the parade, they forget about what just happened this season. Right. We got to move on. We got to win again. Right. Marvin used to say, you're only as good as your last game, right? Exactly. And, and you mentioned pros. You saw Imani Bates in concert. Describe his game um, and forget about the off-the-court situation, of course. Everyone has adversity, but – we're talking specifically basketball. Break down Imani's game and what you saw when you went to see him play at Eastern Michigan. Imani Bates has a really great motor. Even if it doesn't look like it, he, he's, a, he's a true pro. Picks his spots. Knows not to get out of whack, out of control. Um, real great skill set. Obviously, his body frame is questionable to others, but I know I'm not trying to compare him to Kevin Durant, but if you think about that, like Kevin Durant couldn't even bench 185. Right. So if we're Tayshaun Prince either. Tayshaun Prince, right? So if we're going to base all that stuff off of, you know, weight and strength and this and that, not skills, um, you know, I think you're doing yourselves a disservice looking at this kid, but Imani Bates is the real deal. Um, he's got a great skill set. I mean, he puts his players in position doesn't overshoot, doesn't look to overpass, over dribble. You know, I've never – think about this. This kid was on Slam Magazine, everything right. all over the world. Went back to his hometown, you know, Eastern Michigan, and he's helping his players get in position. Like, he's giving up the basketball. Right. You know, like, he has the all right to be selfish. Right. Take every play, let his ego take over. And having that conversation with him after the game, um, because they do an autograph session with the kids after the game, and he stays with the kids after every game, talks to them, you know, talks to coaches, high school coaches, you know, and, and just hearing him talk about the game, very humbling. Um, I know he had a situation, uh, but, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Right. I do truly believe in second chances, and I think that kid's going to be a really special talent. I, th I think he's a pro. I saw him. I covered him in the grassroots circuit when he was with uh... – Bates Fundamentals, I, I had the luxury to film him, and then he went over to Team Final when he was with Jalen Duran, and obviously those two end up going to Memphis. And as young as they are, you know, they had a lot of criticism, right? And then Imani goes over to Eastern Michigan and to show, you know, scouts like, hey, I'm, I'm still that guy. To watch him, I, I still see him as a future lottery pick as he continues to Absolutely. develop. But, Nico, you got to see him recently in the Eastern Michigan uniform. I haven't yet, so that's why I wanted to ask you that question. What was it like watching him in person? Because scouts are still watching him. I mean, the kid's smooth. Like I tell you, I, you know, he's playing the game, and he doesn't have maybe like one turnover the whole game. And I'm looking up at the score, and he's got 24, and he's got 26. It was it was that smooth. I um I put up this article just now, which is that the NBA is loosening the rules on scouting high school players, right? You know, so ESPN scouts can now attend several events televised like Hoopal Classic, Geico Nationals, and amongst others. What's your thoughts now that NBA scouts can, you know, come to high school games? It's only going to get deeper with these kids and basketball and being able to scout these kids and exploiting them to the talent. I mean, just think about this, and this is what we forget because it's the sports industry. Like, 
it's the same thing when you're kind of become a doctor, like, right? You're right. going, you're doing your clinicals. You're you're trying to go to the best school possible, and even if you're the best doctor, you know, aspiring doctor coming out of your, you know, respected university med school, you know, you you still might not get a job, right? Right. Because there's someone in the other side of the world that's just that much better than you, you know, has more credentials than you. I mean, you know, and and, and the big thing is you when you have a goal, right? Like you want to put yourself in that situation to get evaluated. Right. Right. So, I mean, why not? And I think it, it, it gives more jobs opportunities to some people who want to break into that scouting business. Right. Absolutely. And go out to, to cover these high school athletes. Nico, um, I thank you again for coming yeah, on. Thank you very um, much for having taking me. time out of your day. Like I said, I know today's a long day. We have practice shortly later this evening and then we have a game on Monday what was some of your goals last thing that you have for this upcoming season as a head coach, and what did you want to get most out of your players? The big thing is uh, we always say this and we laugh about it. Uh, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Um, every day is a different challenge for them uh, and challenge for myself. Like we're in the midway of our season right now, right? We're getting to the meat of the junior college schedule. We're, you know, preparing for some national tournaments, getting ready to go. Um, just challenging them to see mentally if they can fight through their mistakes, right. right? Because in the beginning of the year, you know, you want to teach, 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 teach. You know, now that we've kind of taught everything, I want to see how they're going to communicate. Because, right, like communication is a hard thing now. It's almost like a skill for right. these kids. So let's see now if if they can communicate and talk amongst themselves, Right. you know, huddle up, you know, tell them where to go, point it out in transition, tell them to, you know, run out, all that stuff, and, and get them going that way so that they can start fluently playing out there, right? Because it's nice to sit there and control everything you go, but, you know, you're, you're kind of taking away the creativity of, of an athlete when you control a lot. I, I agree, and I don't know if you got the chance to see Texas versus uh... – University of Illinois last night. Oh, big one, big um, one. And Texas could not buy a bucket late in the stretch. Their backcourt uh, was having cramps. I was texting a few of my guys, Danny Fraser and Sam Kaiser, and uh, we were in a group chat talking about the game, and, and Illinois uh, executed down big the time. stretch. And man. he called a timeout when he hit a three. How about that one? Yeah, and, and Brad Underwood almost uh, – I, I can't say it on air, right. but uh, he was furious <laughs> for the most part. Right. Um, let me look up the player real quick. It's in my group chat. In, in Texas, man, shout-out to another region guy, Adam Short, uh, who's an assistant he is on, on that staff. staff. Yeah. So a lot of region guys in college basketball. What's the kid name? I, I just had it because uh, I was talking about Steve McClain because he's on Steve Texas McClain's staff. Steve McClain's on Texas staff, UIC <laughs> guy. Yeah, he's yep. at UIC. Shout-out yeah. to Steve McClain. He, uh, Indiana guy. He was recruiting me when he was on IU staff, um, and then he went over to UIC, That's and right. I went to Chipola, then he stopped calling me. That's I don't know right. what happened. But I went right. to Moorhead State. Because of Sean Woods. What's the guy's name? Terrence Shannon Jr. Terrence Shannon Jr. Took it in overtime. Went I, scoreless first half. And that second half in overtime, he he really took over. You want to hear uh, a crazy story about Terrence Shannon Jr.? Yeah, we got we got a couple minutes no, left. No no offers. Came into a Bosco Open gym. Really? DePaul was in there. Everybody was in there. Next day, he starts blowing up. And now this kid's like, I mean, phenomenal. So, I mean, it would have been nice to have him. But a uh, great player, a uh, kid who really matured a lot, uh, great skill set. He's got a good future going ahead for himself. Yeah, he's, he's a pro. I think Underwood's been doing a hell of a job at University great of Illinois. Uh, so thanks again, though, bro. Yeah, I, appreciate I appreciate you, it. man. Thank you guys for having me as well. So. Nico Panusa's uh, post-grad head, bas uh, head boys basketball coach. It's a pleasure as always.
Thanks again to Tony for producing this whole hour. Appreciate you, Tony Panic.